Welcome back to the Thrive Subscribe Podcast. Uh, the past several weeks, I've kind of talked about what's going on in our practice in this uh, new reality, which is our uh, pandemic. And of, of, of note in this area, at least, we've seen a, a resurgence of cases uh, happening. We've seen a second spike starting up uh, just in the last uh, week, so, or week or so here in uh, my area. And we're seeing that same kind of thing happening in several areas around the country. Um, and so, as I pointed out, we did... Uh, open our doors last week and we're using a, a stop sign type uh, or stop signal uh, traffic light style uh, way to limit people coming into our store and one of the ramifications of both closing our doors back in March uh, to the public and doing just curbside and delivery uh, and now having just a, a limited area of our store where customers can come into is that our over-the-counter sales uh, have been uh, very different because of that. Uh, one of the interesting ramifications of this has been that uh, our staff and pharmacists have been much more involved in both discerning whether or not a patient needs anything else over the counter so they can shop for them, uh, but also spending more time with that customer determining what they need and, and how it might be impacting their other therapies and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so actually it has become an opportunity for pharmacists uh, that have a practice that may not be fully open uh, to be more involved in that over-the-counter uh, prescribing as it were. Now this is not a new concept and there are pharmacies and pharmacists out there that have made a uh, uh, good practice of working especially with uh, supplements. Uh, and today's guest, uh, Suzanne will be uh, talking to, uh, Randy's uh, on break today, uh, Suzanne will be talking to Lucinda Harms about her uh, experiences working in a practice in one case uh, that pretty much exclusively worked on just supplements and didn't actually have a friend in pharmacy uh, per se. So uh, with that, we'll turn it over to Suzanne, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Okay. Well, happy Thursday, and welcome um, back, Thrive subscribers. We are here today um, with pharmacist Lucinda Harm, and I'm really excited for all of you to hear um, what we have to talk about with integrative pharmacy practice. Um, Lucinda and I have gotten to know each other over the past couple of months um, as we're working on developing some education, um, and we thought it might make sense to talk with all of you really about what integrative healthcare looks like. And um, I've learned quite a lot from talking to Lucinda, and one of the things that resonates with me um, is just that it's, it's how do you incorporate the best of both worlds. So talking about what's really um, what we're doing every day with the with the medications that we're touching in community-based practice, the patients that we're working with and, and optimizing their medication therapy, and how do we bring in some nutritional interventions. Um, so Lucinda, you know, before we, we dig into your career, which I think has been really interesting in your background, um, thank you so much and, and welcome. Um, we're really excited to have you on Thrive Subscribe today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, can you just share a little bit about um, what integrative pharmacy practice looks like? And before we started talking, I, I think I said to you, you know, oh, should this be, should we call this functional medicine? Do we call it nutritional supplements? What do we call it? And I, I think um, if you could maybe share a little bit about that, that with our audience, um, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I literally like to refer to it as integrative pharmacy practice because uh, when I was precepting students in Sea Rapids in my practice uh, where we did nutritional supplements and herbs and allergen-free foods, I always told the students that we're not replacing your education at the College of Pharmacy. We're just giving you another tool that you can use in addition to mm -hmm. everything that you've learned in your in your background um, in ed education. And um, so, you know, there's, as I was telling you earlier, there are so many examples of places where we can integrate traditional 
medicines, prescription drugs, um, therapies with nutritional interventions um, because they there's so many places where they complement each other. So we're not always talking about replacing. Um, in fact, I, I would never recommend somebody stop their prescription medication unless mm-hmm. they're having an allergic reaction of some sort. And so, you know, we're, we're really talking about augmenting the therapy um, or maybe even doing something that um, helps to um, offset a side effect. Uh, in fact, we're going to talk about a case a little bit that um, was um, the inter- uh, interventions were designed to help treat a side effect that happened as a result of a prescription medication. So, um, so really, it's kind of just taking the best of both worlds and bringing those together in uh, a community-based, primarily pharmacy practice, and uh, mm-hmm. just knowing when there are opportunities that we might be able to offer some other uh, interventions that might be helpful to the patient. Um, in terms of helping them have the best outcome, because that's what it's about. It's about just getting the very yeah. best possible outcome we can with the patient, um, you know, with whatever we need to bring to the table in order to do that. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and for the pharmacists who are in community-based practice, you know, we, we hear a lot about a responsibility of medication optimization and, you know, managing mm-hmm. the safety and efficacy of drugs. And, and I'm excited to talk a little bit more about our case here in a minute. Um, but, you know, I remember working at the out window and talking to patients and, you know, you're asking about specific side effects to medications, right? And talking with them and trying to minimize that. Um, you know, what I think about is what I had available to me in the OTC aisle. And I know we'll talk about that, you know, here mm-hmm. either later today mm-hmm. or at a different time, but just the products that are out there. And sometimes it sure. can feel daunting. Like, how do you even know where to start? So how, mm-hmm. how did you really get into this and feel so comfortable because I think yeah (laughs) yeah many of us are just we don't know where to start right because there really is no formal education at this point in this particular topic at least for pharmacists and you know I started in the most humble of ways it was my own personal health challenges that you know I I was didn't feel well and I went to doctor after doctor after doctor and they said we don't know what to tell you we've done everything we know and I got to the end of my proverbial health rope and said there's got to be something. There's got to be something out there that's going to be helpful to me. What is it and where do I find it? And so I sort of set off on my own health journey and was really fortunate to find um, a physician, an MD, who practiced um, orthomolecular or functional medicine and really introduced me to the whole idea of nutritional interventions and, um, and integrative therapies. And so I started just playing around with it, my own health, and then it was my family's health, and then it was my friends and anybody that would listen to me. And, um, and, you know, I had the the really, really awesome opportunity to um, work at CarePro Health Services in Cedar Rapids for Advanced Health for um, seven years, which was an integrative pharmacy. It was, we had a pharmacy license and we had a pharmacist there all the hours we were open, um, but we didn't do any prescription drugs. We only did supplements, herbs, and allergen-free foods. And so my job was full-time to answer people's questions and advise them about the use of supplements. And so at that point, I'd probably had about Oh, 10 years, I suppose, of, of experience just on my own. And I studied on my own. There are a lot of people out there that have written. There are, you know, good peer reviewed literature out there about it. And so mm-hmm. I just did a lot of my own research. Um, so it was seven years that I, we took students there and precepted students and um, just did a lot of research and digging into mechanisms and biochemistry. And, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago about how students were 
always complaining about, why do we have to take these really boring classes? Why are we never going to use this? And I told the students, I said, you remember that biochemistry that you took back in your software college? Here's where you're going to use it. And, um, you know, that's, that's really what this case is based on. We're going to talk about is the biochemical mechanisms that happened in this situation. And, Mm -hmm. and just really going back and using the knowledge that, that I gained or we gained, you know, we've all had biochemistry and, um, and, and applying it to my recommendations. So, um, so, you know, that was sort of where I got started. And then I had the fortune to good fortune to do this in a community pharmacy setting, a small community pharmacy setting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then I left in October of 2016 from that job and started my business and doing some consulting around this, um, with people who want to use supplements and herbs, um, people who, um, they've tried everything else and they've spent thousands of dollars and gotten no answers. And, you know, we yeah. make some changes and they get better. So, um, yeah, so that's sort of the, in a nutshell, that's sort of my journey to get to this place um, and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you just, at the premise of it, you were trying to take care of your patients and and how do you do that? And, you know, one of the things that you've said to me over time is, you know, what do we do when we don't have the evidence to guide us, right? If we've gotten to know each mm-hmm. other. And and that kind of sticks with me because, um, you know, we all joke about biochemistry and I will <laughs> never forget studying for that final. Let me just put it that way. It may have been yeah. 20 years ago, but uh, yeah, I'll remember that. Um, but but I like, it's, it's really marrying what we learn in pharmacy school, what we know about the evidence and how do we, you know, take what patients are saying and look at this holistic approach um, mm-hmm. and making those decisions and guiding. So it's interesting that you just you know you just kind of dug right in to, to take best take care of yourself and then you know friends and family and, and your patients so yeah. um yeah yeah thanks for sharing that with us um sure. you know, before we we dig into this case i just i wanted to ask you know you mentioned that you did this in a community-based practice and you you practice in a, mm-hmm. a, a, a i don't want to say small but a, in a pharmacy in iowa you know mm-hmm. what were some of the challenges that you were able to overcome because our listeners out there might be thinking okay well i'm in you know the pharmacy practice and um, you talked about kind of how you started, but you know what what advice do you have to them, knowing that you were in that role? Sure. I think the thing that I always told students this when they precepted with us at Advanced Health was that you know you got to start somewhere. And I started mm-hmm. somewhere. It was with my own personal health. But for people that don't have those personal health challenges, I always say just pick a supplement and educate yourself okay. and become an expert in it. And there's some kind of obvious ones I always suggest to students. You know, one might be vitamin D. I mean, vitamin D, there's lots and lots of literature about vitamin D. There's lots and lots of evidence and lots. It's it's safe, even though it's a fat-soluble vitamin. As long as you're reasonable, it's it's very safe to use. Um, you know, magnesium is another one that is, has lots and lots of uses, can be very helpful in a lot of situations, relatively harmless. It's another one that the form makes a huge difference. And so educating yourself about which forms might be better used because they're more bioavailable or they're more specific for a particular condition or conditions. And mm-hmm. so you know, just, just finding one thing. And if you can become an expert or even probiotic, that's another one that there's just a lot of stuff out there about it. And you, you just start inserting your knowledge into your patient encounters as it comes up. 
And I know it's a hard sort of thing to overcome that discomfort with putting yourself out there. I even still struggle with that. And I've been doing this for, you know, since, well, 1997, really. Um, And I still struggle sometimes with putting myself out there. But to just start saying, has anyone ever talked to you about using a probiotic? I use that line every single time I dispense fluconazole. You have these women who come in, they get fluconazole, take one today and three days, take a second dose. You know they're treating a yeast infection, probably post-antibiotic or concurrently with their antibiotic. Mm -hmm. And we all know that you can kill off the the yeast, but if you don't replant, so to speak, the Mm -hmm. good bacteria, Mm -hmm. the yeast is going to come back again and again and again. And so I always say, has anyone talked to you about using a probiotic? oh no, nobody's ever said anything. And so I then tell them, I explain how it can be really helpful in keeping this from recurring. Go ahead and treat. That's really important. You got to kill the weeds, right? If you got a yard full of (laughs) weeds, you got to kill the weeds. You can't just plant a bunch of grass seed out there. And so I say, you know, it's important to kill those weeds. Let's plant some grass, you know, which is those good friendly bacteria and let's put some good stuff back in there. And so, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the times they say, oh my goodness, no one's ever told me, yes, I would like to try this because I don't want this to come back. I mean, most women say, I don't right. want this again. Right. So, um, right. so I guess my, you know, sort of to, to conclude what I just said is that it's really important to just find something you can become an expert in and then just start using what you've learned. And then you can go to a second yeah. one and maybe a third one. And what's going to happen is people are going to start saying, you know, that pharmacist down the street at that pharmacy, they uh-huh. really know a lot about about supplements. They advise me about how to use magnesium or probiotic, or you should go in and talk to them. And what I found when I was working, doing this as my full-time job is that people came in all the time and asked me questions I did not know the answer to. And yeah. thankfully I'd worked yeah. in academia and, and what the students probably all don't know. So if any of y'all are listening to me and had me for in class, um, I, I never told you this, but most of the time I asked questions I did not know the answer to. Because I'd say, well, let's go, you go look it up and then come back and we'll talk about it. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. my response was always, you know, that's a good question. Let me look into it and I'll get back to you. And that was how I learned a lot. In fact, I learned a lot from my patients just by the questions they asked me. And then I would just go and look stuff up. And, and there's so many good resources out there yeah. that you can use that are reliable, that are um, peer reviewed, they're evidence based, yep. they're their harm. I mean, there, there's no harm going to come to a patient. In most cases, if you use a probiotic, right, there are a couple situations yeah. might not be a good idea, but you know, it's just, it's, it's such a low risk recommendation mm-hmm. to do these nutritional interventions. And sometimes the return is huge. It's, it's a great. huge return yeah. on investment. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you look yeah. like a hero because like, oh my gosh, they <laughs> saved my life. They fixed me, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no, I, I like I really like that. You know, pick pick one area and educate yourself around that. Vitamin D, magnesium, mm-hmm. probiotics. Um, you know, on a personal mm-hmm. note, I I suffer from migraines, and um, I, my physician, I um, changed physicians about a year or two ago, and he recommended taking melatonin and kind of the same thing. You know, I've I've seen some literature on this, I've read about it. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly what you said. Let's try it and see how it works, and the and the risk reward could be really great. And um, yep. You know, as a pharmacist, I'm terrible at taking drugs, but when I do remember to take it, it works really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so interesting. We need to okay. get you a health coach, um, Suzanne, so that you can learn how to I take know. your melatonin. I know, I know, I know. We're always the worst pharmacists. Oh, goodness. Oh, well, I like yeah. that. And, you know, I'd be remiss just because topics line up. We, you know, for all 
people out there who are listening to podcasts, hopefully like podcasts, um, at CE Impact, we recently launched um, something called Game Changers. And um, Linda, you're probably familiar with uh, Dr. Jeff Wall, and he's our host. And actually, mm-hmm. just out today, he's talking about um, low vitamin D levels and, and somewhat in relation to COVID because that's been in the news. But um, so I mm-hmm. thought that was a great topic. And I can put the link to that in the show notes um, if anybody wants to start mm-hmm. with that uh, particular area. Um, but, you know, I, I thought, you know, you, you brought me back to practice because when we were talking um, earlier, you mentioned, you know, some of the key areas pharmacists can really engage with. And we talked about probiotics, um, you know, uh, taking that statins and, and muscle pains and, and really what you identified uh, with one of the patients you worked about, which we're going to talk about today, but uh, call it getting flocked. Um, and so maybe tell us a little bit about this patient interaction that happened and we can dig into the specifics of the case. Yeah, absolutely. This was a patient that got referred to me by a physical therapist um, Mm -hmm. that they were working with him on some issues and um, they referred him to me, thankfully, because um, he had gotten floxed, which is um, kind of the slang term we use for someone who gets the tendinopathies or ruptured tendon or the myalgias that come from using a fluoroquinolone antibiotic. And um, so when he came to me, he was, it had been 11 months uh, that he'd re- since he'd received the fluoroquinolone, and um, he really had seen very little improvement over the course of those 11 months in terms of how he felt. Um, he had cramps in his hands, he had muscle aches, um, cramps in his feet, um, just you know, quality of life was not very good at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was willing to do what he was, you know, might possibly help. And I was really clear with him that there is no evidence-based recommendations for treating this. Um, I asked Mm -hmm. him if his physician, his prescriber had, you know, made any recommendations to him. And he said, no, they said, just kind of got to wait it out basically was what he was told. And so this is what you had sort of talked about at the beginning of the podcast, Suzanne, that you know, what do you do when there's no evidence-based recommendations? We can't, you know, I can't anyway. Some people might be able to say, well, I don't know what to do to help you, Um, you know, and I can understand pharmacists in a community setting may not have the time to dig in and research like I did because this is my business. And so that's what I do. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of good I shouldn't say a lot. There is there is good literature. I found some. I don't know how much. I didn't look at the volume that's out there, but I did find some good, reputable articles in the literature mm-hmm. about what the mechanism is. Now, we all know that this drug affects tendons and muscles. I mean, that's something yeah. that we just all learn. But mostly, if we learned it, we don't remember it. Why does that happen? And that's where... Looking at using our biochemistry and looking at mechanisms at the cellular level really was helpful in this case. Um, you know, we're great at looking at the organ system level, we're looking at structure and function. We're not so good at looking at cellular changes and, and damage and dysfunction that happens as a result of drug therapy. And it's very common. I mean, you can, there's all sorts of stuff out there about, you know, cellular damage and, and dysfunction that happens as a result of prescription drug therapy. Um, but again, it's the risk benefit, you know, if the mm-hmm. risk is worth it, the benefit you're going to get, then most people are going to say, yep, I'm willing to take a chance. I'm willing to put up with the side effects because of the benefit I'm going to get from it. Um, in this case, you know, he, you know, he took his seven day course or 10 day. I don't remember how long his course therapy was, 
And mm -hmm. this hung with him for 11 months um, later oh when I gosh. finally saw him. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. So I guess um, just to, to, to go a little bit, a little bit further on mm -hmm. this then is, you know, I think as pharmacists, we're really uniquely trained to dig into this kind of stuff. We understand it. We've had the training. Um, we understand how the drugs work. And um, just the amount of detail that I found that are possible mechanisms for this damage was phenomenal. In fact, a lot of it was over my head, you know, yeah. but I got enough, I could get enough out of the articles that I could, um, I could make some reasonable sound recommendations. Um, in fact, there were one, two, three, four, five, there were six different proposed mechanisms for fluoroquinolone toxicity. And wow. um, some of them, there was a lot of detail, what we know about you know, what causes this and why that happens. Um, some of them, not so much. So, so that was where I started mm -hmm. with this case, was just looking at you know, more depth in terms of biochemically what, what had potentially happened and how are we going to address that? Mm -hmm. When I just wrote down, it all comes back to biochemistry. I might have to <laughs> dig, a, dig <laughs> yeah. out that textbook. Dig out the book. Well, I can give you a whole lot more clinical applications of biochemistry references if you're interested, because that's a little didactic, I think, for what we're doing in clinical practice. But there are lots of resources yeah. out there that really have more of a clinical application, which are going to be much more interesting to read than your biochemistry textbook, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have to admit, I probably threw that one out. <laughs> I just was... threw out my college textbooks just last weekend, believe it or not. I graduated from farm Did school really? in 1983. I figured they're pretty outdated by this point. So, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know, the one that I kept, I have an immuno immunology textbook that I kept, and when everything, um, you know, happened with the pandemic, I, I actually pulled it out of the attic, and this is how we're, you know, at our house, the fun things that happen. I pulled it out of the attic because it was one of my favorite classes, and I was looking mm -hmm. through it, and I just was, you know, remembering all that, and my husband saw me. He's like, that is the best book ever. You know, our class, he's a pharmacist too, and he's uh -huh. like, our class didn't use that book, and I found that book in the library, and it was the key to my success, so, oh, you know. Wow. <laughs> Probably a good yeah, one to keep then, huh? Because I don't think our I know, right? I did changing over the years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, that's the one I had, and I was talking to my kids about it. So, anyway, uh -huh. um, what we do on Friday nights in our house so much fun. Um, <laughs> but I think this <laughs> this was really helpful, and I and I hope you know as listeners, everybody um, got got something out of this. And I know for me, it's just you know not being afraid to dig in a little bit more. I think a lot of patients. Um, that we see in community-based practice are, are really interested in this integrative healthcare approach. And so how do we, you know, as medication experts, focus on optimizing drug therapy, um, which making sure it's safe, it's effective, you know, they're, they're on the right doses, we have indications, and then um, looking at what we can do with nutritional interventions. And, you know, Lucinda, I'm, I'm so excited to continue to work with you. And I know we're, we're putting our heads together on some education around this that'll come out later this year. Um, and I, I'm just really excited for all of that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, mm -hmm. We'll put a link to your nutritional wellness website in the show notes so people can take a look at that. And I'm assuming if anybody has questions, it's okay to reach out to you specifically. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. And then we're going we're gonna to be putting out a blog post, right? On this, give some more details on this case here shortly. 
Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So we'll um, we'll get that link in the show notes too. And um, you know, I know, you know you really wrote up kind of your thought process about this case and supplements that were mm-hmm. used, um, and just you know that the outcome that after four months of this, mm-hmm. you know, we saw ninety percent. Well, you saw ninety percent improvement, yeah. and, and just how yes. much that means yes. to the patient's quality of life. Absolutely. I just, I just had a contact from this patient just last week. Um, I reached out to him because he, I I saw he'd placed an order for some more supplements and I just wanted to check to see how he's doing. And, and I emailed him and he emailed right back. He said, yeah, I'm still doing really well, but he's continuing on, uh, um, not the full complement of stuff that I'd recommended because I told him up front, we're throwing the book at you because we want to get you feeling better as quickly as possible. And then we can start taking things away as opposed to starting with one and then changing or adding. So we kind of went the reverse. We just threw everything at the system that might be needed. And he's down to just two of the supplements. And I think he probably had, um, well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. He probably had five or six supplements at the beginning. And then we've gotten that down now to to two of them that he's continuing. And one of them is fish oil, which, you know, everybody needs pretty much anyway. And so... um, so it, he might not even be taking that because of its benefits with this condition, but um, yeah, so. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So adding it on and then titrating them off and yeah, and still having the benefit. So that's really good. Yeah, I okay. don't always well, do that. So... Sometimes I start low yeah. and increase, but not this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, definitely dependent on the yeah. situation for sure. Yes, good. yes, it is. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and and we'll definitely have yeah. to have you back on. Um, we can maybe dig into another case, and um, I know mm-hmm. when you know we're we're hoping to put together some more education on this, so we can certainly share yes. some details with yes. that, um, and yeah. help and help all of you out there dig into this a little bit more. Um, and, you know, and yeah. specifically, yeah. I think you know CE is great, but also focusing in on the product. I, I know that's kind of where mm-hmm. we want to go, Lucinda. So giving some yeah. tools to sure. to focus in on the actual product. Yeah, I might just say that if there are people listening that have an interest in this topic and they have patients in their practice that have sort of defied um, anything that's been tried Mm -hmm. and just are not getting better, or they have specific situations that they would like to see addressed in another podcast, I would love to hear um, what, you know, I'm not so good at coming up with the ideas, but I'm great at responding to the ideas. So if somebody has any topics or thoughts, um, patient cases, that uh, might be interesting to discuss. I would certainly like to hear those. Um, if you're okay with people submitting those somehow, um, they could submit them through my website or through you, yeah. or I don't know what would work yeah. best, but. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll throw your website up there. And, and if anybody wants to submit those over to Lucinda, then um, you know we get enough of those. We can talk through those for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. I love talking with you about, I love talking about this topic, period. So um, it's especially (laughs) great to talk to you today about it and um, to share with others kind of um, what might be out there and available for them to address um, their patient's health. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Great. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Lucinda. Uh The Thrive Subscribe podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Visit us online at tptransformations.com, where you can join our free community to inspire you, challenge you, and transform your pharmacy practice.